0: This is week four last week of this series "Inside Our DNA." And what we've been trying to do over the past three weeks, and now four, is we're just trying to look into what it is that makes us us, meaning what is it that makes Christians Christian, and what sort some of the distinctive things about us? And certainly we're not touching on all of them, because we could keep going for, for weeks upon weeks of looking at what makes us us. But we've looked at a handful of things. And the first we looked at, what does it mean to be saved? You hear that word a lot. And we looked at John chapter 3 and what it means to be saved, what it means to be a Christian. And second, we looked at, okay, what's the big deal about the Bible? Why do people care about the Bible? Why do Christians care about the Bible? Why is it such a big deal in the church? Then we looked at prayer. What does it mean to pray? How do we pray? We talked about that. We did the little hand thing, right? You remember that? Yeah, hopefully you remember that because you were all laughing with me, right? But it's memorable, people. It's memorable. It was awesome. This week, we're going to end with this in... uh, We're going to end with this understanding of the church. Because you're you're a part of a church. If you're here, you're now a part of a church. And I'm sure maybe there's questions around that. And maybe I'm going to ask a question that you haven't necessarily asked in your head, but you are living out with your actions. But I'll illustrate it like this. How many of you play some kind of team sport or have at some point played a team sport? How many of you are like... I don't like running. <laughs> you're like, I still play sports, but I hate running. Like, all right, yeah. All right, okay, cool. So you played team sports before. Here's the deal. So imagine, right, so in basketball, you have f- five people on your team that are on the court. In soccer, you have 11, is that right? 11, you have 11. In baseball, you have nine. In football, you have 11, right? Those are on your team, right? So if, you're, if you play hockey, I don't know anything about hockey, so sorry, But here's the deal. Each of those those members are vital. Each of those team members are vital to the team functioning as it should, correct? You need them. But imagine if you had to play one player down. So if you're in football, you're playing now 10 on 11. In baseball, you only have eight men on the field. So now you're not covering some position. In soccer, you're playing 10 and 11. It's bad news. If you go to Bay Area, you've been there before. Just saying. It cuts deep, people. It cuts deep. Go Broncos. Listen. Listen. If you've talked to those people that have played one player down, it is exhausting. It is tiring. It doesn't work the best. This is not how this team is supposed to function. It just doesn't work without us all being here in the places that we're supposed to be, serving in the functions that we're supposed to serve in. It just works best when we're all in the positions that we were set to be put in. And in a similar way, in fact, in an even bigger way, Whenever we separate from or ask the question, who really needs to be a part of a church? What's the big deal with the church? Like, I don't know if I need the church. And you step out of what the Bible calls the body of Christ. Not only does the body not function as it's supposed to, but you don't either. We, we are similar to a team not functioning without a player, but even more so. It's not only is it bad for the body of Christ when we separate and say, I don't need you. But it's bad for you when you say, I don't understand the big deal about the church. Who needs it? You don't function as you're supposed to. The church, the body of Christ, is that important to us as followers of Jesus. And we're going to look at that today in Hebrews chapter 10. All right, so Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 24. I'm going to read 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here's the questions that we want to answer. What makes church so special, and why do we need to gather What's the big deal with this place? What's the big deal with us as the, as the church? And so let me, just, let me just wipe some things off the table really quickly. What are we not talking about when we say church? Here's what we're not talking about. We're not talking about building. When I say, when, when I say church, I'm not talking about building, right? But we get that confused because when, when you, on a Wednesday, you would say to your friends at about 6 o'clock, you say, hey, on Wednesday, I go to church. And you're meaning that you're going where? To this building you're going to this building right and we can get it confused really really quickly that church is a building it's a place that you go that's not how the bible describes church now does church happen in a building yeah. sure yeah 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 it can because here's what church is church isn't a, a gathering An assembling of believers in Jesus. That's it. That's what it is. That's what church is. The gathering of, the assembly of believers in Jesus. And so you can gather in a building that's nice like this one. You can gather in a home that is like the one you live in. You could gather in your school, and that could look a lot like church. And you could, it doesn't matter. It's that we gather. It's the gathering that we're talking about. That's church church. So don't just think building, you can like you can also think building right it's great, church happens here, but don't just think building, don't just think, oh well, church only happens there at that property, and then I go to school and I live my own life, and then I go back to church on Sunday and then church happens and then no no, no, don't separate them like that because you don't stop being the body of Christ on Monday you don't you don't say. Well, I'm a part of the body of Christ on Sunday, but then on Mondays, no longer a, bo- a part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ just goes to sleep. And then on Sunday, we wake it back up, and then we put it back to bed, and then we wake it back up on Sunday. That's not how it works. You are the body of Christ, a part of it. If you're in Jesus, you are a part of the body of Christ all the time, all the time. So, so then the question is, Why do we gather? Why do we gather? I'm going to give you a handful of things of why we gather based on what the Bible says. Uh, Number one, we gather because it's commanded in the scriptures to do so. God commands us to gather as believers. It says in Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. It says, don't neglect meeting together. Don't stop gathering. You should gather. Because here's what happens. You may not have this excuse, but you may hear this excuse one day. Who really needs church? I can go get sermons online. They're all over the place. I can get worship on my phone. I can get community at my school or on my team. So really, why do I need to, why do need to go to church? I don't, need to, I don't need to do that gathering, except for the fact that God gives us his word and says, don't neglect meeting together. Don't neglect gathering. It would be sin to do so. What we're doing here is, like, you, we don't gather because, like, what else should we do on Wednesday? We should just gather in this building. That's not it. We gather because God has commanded us in the Scriptures. Don't neglect meeting together. We gather as the body of Christ. We gather. Well, why else do we gather? It's not just because it's commanded. Why else do we gather? The second thing is this. We gather to hear from God. We gather to hear from God. You're like, dude, I can hear from God. At my house reading my Bible. You're right, you can. But there's a unique aspect of the church, and it's it's this thing, it's this thing called preaching. And if you're here on a Sunday morning, you hear our pastor Brian preach the Bible. And that's unique. And that you that's a you can you can't find that everywhere. And we gather, we gather to hear from God, from the Word of God. Acts 2 42. This is the gathering of the early church, right? So Jesus just ascended into heaven. Peter preaches the greatest sermon of his life, and thousands of people get saved. And they're like, holy crud, we should probably like create some gatherings called the church and meet together. And then it kind of describes how the church works. It says this in Acts 2 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' what? Teaching. They they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know what the early church did when they gathered? They taught the Bible, and they heard from God. Why do we gather? We gather to hear from God through his word. We also gather to celebrate and encourage one another. We gather to celebrate and encourage one another. Look back at Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another. Meaning, let's consider how to like, encourage one another. Let's like motivate each other. Let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. It says, let's gather and encourage one another. Let's stir up one another. Let's motivate each other to do what is loving and good out there. Let's go do this. Because this is what the church did early on in its life, right? So I know that we can get this, we can get this twisted and think that church is really just like for me and about me. And if I'm, if it's if it's like if it's if it's the style that I like, and you do the things that I like. But here's what the church did early on in its life. These people got saved. They believed Jesus that he really did live, really did die, and really did get up from the dead. And they said, that message is too stinking good for me not to tell people. And so they started to go tell people. And you know, as they told people, people rejected them. And people were like, you guys are crazy. And even some people got beat up for it. Like legitimately beat up for sharing the gospel. Like that kind of deal. And they would just, they would say, man, I just wish we had like one day a week that we could gather together as believers and encourage one another. Let's do that and call it church. And they would meet together. And they would encourage one another. And they would say, hey, I know it's hard. Hey, I know you're tired. Keep going. You can do this. Jesus is better. Keep going. The gospel's worth it. People are getting saved. Keep going. And they would gather to encourage one another. That's one of the functions of the body. Listen, we should be the kind of people that gather here like this. And on Sundays, let's be a people that encourage one another. And hear this. If you walk in here, and all you feel is discouragement, hear me say to you, I am sorry. Because that is the last thing that the body of Christ needs to be to you. Because we gather to encourage one another. But we also gather to celebrate. Well, what the heck are we celebrating, okay? We gather on Sunday. Why do we gather on Sunday? Like Jewish people, used to celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. But now we gather on Sunday. We gather on Sunday because something really big happened on Sunday, which is what Jesus got up from the dead. You know what we're gathering to celebrate? We're gathering to celebrate that. If you are in Christ, we gather together to celebrate that we are unbelievably sinful, yet God is unbelievably loving and sent his son to die in our place and to get up from the dead so that we could have life and so that we could have a way into his presence forever. And we gather and we get to celebrate that week after week after week. You don't just come to church because it's something you have to do. If that's the reason, you should stop coming. But we should, we should come and we should celebrate. This should be a stinking party. Because Jesus is risen. And we get to celebrate that. And that's part of the reason we gather. Why else do we gather? We gather to remember. We gather to remember 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 through 26 says this. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, talking about how to function as the church. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new, this, is the, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He says, hey, when you gather and you take Lord's Supper, you know what you're doing? You're remembering. You're remembering that, that, that I lived, died, and got up from the dead so that you could have life. And you know what you need to do when we gather? When we we gather, one of the reasons that we gather as a church is so that you would remember. You're like, Kate, I'm not really forgetting. But if you're honest, there really are days that you forget because you choose your own way. You say, you know what? I really think that I'm a better God than God is. I mean, you wouldn't say that out loud. But your actions speak that. And really, at the root of what that is, is you have just forgotten how great God is. And you need to gather and remember, and remember how unbelievably great God is. One of the reasons we gather is to remember. And the, uh, the last reason we gather, and probably one of the most important reasons and unique reasons... At the church, as we gather, it's because we need each other. We need each other, right? It's 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 like the team illustration. When you're when you're one player down, the team doesn't function at its highest level, does it? No, it doesn't. You need everybody to be there, and you need each other, right? You need to work off of each other, right? Nobody on the team is like, listen, I'm the best on the team, and all of you other scrubs can just like, I know you're going to like wear jerseys, but just give me the rock and watch me score. That's not how it works. You need other people. Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen. Some of you are like, who is Scottie Pippen? I don't even know who that is. LeBron James needed Kyrie Irving. Right? Tom Brady needed some random white guys to catch the football. (laughs) Nobody knew who those cats were until Tom Brady, let's be honest. Nobody knew, like, who is Julian Edelman? (laughs) Listen! But you need, we need one another. Just like team members need one another on a sports team, so much more we need each other as the body of Christ. So much so that Paul describes it like this in 1 Corinthians 12. Listen to this. This is unbelievable to me. that This is how Paul describes the church. For just as the body is one and has many members, meaning our physical body, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now we're talking about the church. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Listen, nobody in the church is like, man, the body of Christ is Cade Pierce. Like, no, that's not it. No, that's not, that's not it. It's, one, it's many members, right? 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body, right? So you don't get to say, well, because I'm not like a super Christian, or because I'm not a pastor, or because I don't like, I'm not like serving some, like, like in the student ministry as a life group leader, I must not be a part of the body. No, that's not what Paul says. That's not what Paul says. He says, you're a part of the body if you're in Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are automatically a part of this body and we need you to function. We need you to function properly and you need us to function properly. Let's keep going. 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body each of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Like that, We're not all the same, right? You look across the body of Christ, and not one of us is the same. We need diversity to function as we should. Verse 19. If all were single members, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, can, nor again can the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary... The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on the parts, on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members have the same care for one another. If one member suffers all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You know what Paul says? He says, hey, hey, Corinthians, you know what you need to know? That all of you, you need each other. You don't get to say, hey, you're kind of the scrub of the church and we don't really need you. You don't get to do it because you need them and they need you. We don't necessarily say it like that, but it comes out like this. I don't know if I need the. I don't know if I need the church. Like, I, do I really need this? Like, like I'm a believer. Like, I, all, Jesus, all I need is you. Yes. Like, we all we need is Jesus for our salvation. Yes. I, but we say statements like that as an excuse not to gather with believers, because really, we just want to do life our own way, and we don't want anybody else's opinion. But you know why you need each other? Because you sharpen one another. I need people in my life to rub up against me and make me more like Jesus. Listen, if it was just me in the church, you know what I would think about me? Golly, I'm awesome. But I need people in my life to look at me and be like, hey, bro, you're not that awesome. I need people to call, call, call me out at times. I need people to say, like, hey, is that really honoring to Jesus? I need people to say, like, hey, hey, like, like, go and do this. Like, why are you not doing this? Like, God is commanding you to do this. Go and do this. I need people to do that. Just like you need people to do that, you need the church. We need one another. We need one another. God has designed us for this word called community. God's designed us for it. Well, what's God's design for community look like? Acts two forty two two forty four through 45. This is the description of the early church. And all who believed were together. They were together because they needed one another, community, right? They were together and all had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. Could you just imagine that we could be that just for one week? Like I would love if we, as a church, could be just like this and say they they were gathered together and they had all things in common. Not like they had all the same interests, but they were after the same goal, right? Like it wasn't like, hey, my favorite color is blue too. Holy moly, my favorite color is blue. Like that's not how it was. That's not what we're talking about. It was like, hey, you you're after the like people knowing the resurrected Jesus. I'm after people knowing the resurrected Jesus. We should gather together because. We all love the resurrected Jesus. This is neat. Right, so that's, that's part of the reason they're gathering together and then it says that they were sharing their resources and giving to anybody who had need. So it was, net, like, the way that the needs got filled in the early church was, they came, to, they came to the people that were believers. These believers came to other believers and say, hey, like, I don't know if we're going to make it this month and we need this. And they rallied together and gave them what they needed. And the next person would come and say, hey, we've, we've got this need. And the church would rally around them and say, I'm going to lift you up. And we're going to get through this. I'm going to give you what we need. You were created for community. You don't get to do this on your own. The Christian life is not, like you don't get to fly solo on the Christian life. Genesis 2, God creates, right? So if you're familiar with the creation story, days 1 through 6 happens like this. God created and it was? Good. God created and it was? God created and it was? All right, so he goes all the way through that, right? Day 7, he rests. And then this is, this is what happens in Genesis 2. And God saw that it was not good that man should be alone. It was good, 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 not good. And God said, It's not good that man should be alone. So he created a helper fit for him. From creation, God has made us for community. You don't ride the Christian life solo. Ask anybody who's tried that, and they're probably going to show you some scars from that journey. Because it's exhausting. You need each other. You need this. We don't gather because it's just what you do. It's like, well, we live in Texas, and we go to church, boy. It's like, no, you don't just do this because it's a southern thing to do. You do this because this is... We gather because this is what the church has done. We gather together because we need each other. And listen, you're getting the littlest glimpse of what heaven will be like. We gather together with all the saints and worship God forever. You need community and you need this place. And I, listen, I realize this is the pushback, Right? This is the pushback when it comes to church. Okay, the church that I've experienced is nothing like that. I was supposed to get encouragement. I didn't get encouragement. I was supposed to get community. I didn't get community. I was supposed to get sharpened. I didn't get sharpened. I was supposed to get accountability. I didn't get accountability. I was supposed to get loved. I just got judged. Listen to me. If that's you, and you are carrying hurt at the hand of the the people of the church, Hear me say I'm sorry. Hear me say I'm sorry. It's not okay. But on the other side, hear this, and hear this because I love you. You do not get to shape a whole opinion of the body of Christ based on a few people who were jerks to you. Because Jesus is the same. And it's not okay how they treated you but they're in process and they're sinners in need of God's grace every day just like you are. So let's be gracious and pray for God to continue to shape us to be more like Jesus. It's not an excuse. But let's see that we all need Jesus. We need the church. It's part of what makes us us. We don't just gather because. So we're going to respond in this way. The band's going to come back up here. And there's no like, well, let me teach you how to do church then, all right? Here's, hold up your thumb. Like it's not, it's not that kind of, there's no tool, but it's a question, right? So put your Bibles and your phones away and just look at me. Look at me. Here's the question: How do you how do you view the church? I'm not saying the place, the church, the, the gathering of believers. How do you view the church? Is it just a place that you go on Sundays and Wednesdays because you feel like you have to, or it's like well, I didn't have anything better to do, or my friends were there, so whatever. it's something that you are so grateful to God for because it's a place it's a place that you come and you celebrate the resurrected Jesus and a place where you find encouragement and hope and a place where you get sharpened and a place where you find community and a a place where you get to belong because that's what the church is for if all the church is for you is a, a box to check oh that you would see it as something far greater than that you would see it as a gathering of people that are blood-bought by Jesus, and we need each other, we need each other. Listen, if you're in here, and you're like, dude, I don't have a clue who you're talking about, the whole time you're talking, I was just real confused, but here's what I did here, is there's this guy named Jesus that died in my place and got up from the dead, I need to know more about that guy. I want to know more about what that means for my life. If that's where you're at, you go grab an adult or the friend that brought you that's a follower of Jesus and you ask him, can you tell me more about this Jesus who lived, died, and got up from the dead, please. There's no greater question, and no greater wrestle in your life than you could go through in understanding who Jesus is. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to respond, and it's going to be, a, hopefully, a celebration of thanks to God for the church. Let's, let's pray. God, you are so good. So good, in fact, that you would, you would establish this thing called the church because you knew that we needed community and you knew that we needed one another and you knew we needed to be sharpened and you knew we needed to gather and remember and you knew we would need to gather and celebrate and find encouragement. You knew all those things, God, and you were so gracious to us to give us the church. Thank you, God. We want to celebrate that. Because It's a grace from you. We don't want to look at it as something we just need to check off on our list. But it's something that causes us to worship you. So God, we love you.